0: You're listening to the Credit Union Leadership Podcast, a podcast that delivers value and offers up insight that will help your credit union grow. Service Star has been consulting with credit unions for over 20 years, growing them in the areas of cultural development, leadership
1: development, and management training. To learn more about what Service Star can do for you or your credit union, check them out at ServiceStarConsulting.com. It's the Credit Union Leadership Podcast, and we've got news for you. You got to innovate or die. That's the title of today's podcast, and we've got Taylor Murray on the line. Uh, tell me, what happens to credit unions if they, they don't innovate? As morbid as it sounds, and not just innovate,
0: but think, think differently, uh, they're not going to be here. Uh, I mean, it's, it's frustrating for me to hear or to say and probably truthful to hear. It's if we're not doing things different. And changing and trying new things, we're not going to be here very long, therefore not helping as many people.
1: Okay. Uh, I just showed up to work. It's Wednesday and I've got a list of things to do. How do I plus one something into things I'm already doing today to make my day more innovative? So if you could help us out with that, Taylor, what are uh, maybe three things that a leader can do in a credit union to to help them think uh, outside the box? Focus on three areas, people,
0: innovation, product, innovation, and process innovation. And if I had to think through those, spend time in each one of them equally, because you could have a problem. And that goes back to that design thinking of try to address the problem, not those symptoms. And if you can identify the problem, you'll probably find some solution slash innovation inside of one of those three areas. Wow.
1: So instead of getting in, falling in love with your own solution to the problem, realize there's multiple solutions to the problem. Spend more time on really knowing and understanding the problem.
0: Yeah, and I think you hit it right on the head. Not only is it maybe just their solution, so therefore it's probably better than others. It's also, my experience is it's not often the actual solution, it's just a patch. Right, because it isn't solving that problem. Um, If I were to look at maybe an example of where there's probably a lot of symptoms and probably a lot of solutions to a lot of different problems, is just take uh, like auto loan applications. Right, we're all begging for additional you know loans right now, and maybe someone in the uh, the lending area says, "Hey, we need more loans." When you start asking yourself that question, well, what's our approval percentage? Okay, let's say seventy-five percent. Are approved and you're happy with that. All right. Well, now which loans are booked? You know. All right. So, how, what percentage of those are booked? All right. Well, let's say 75 percent of those are also booked. Well, we need that to be higher, right? How do we do that? Well, well, what can we do, right? Hey, we can call and look at people, right? Let's look at people for that solution, right? We can train our employees. We can hint higher service star. We can be better closers. We can maybe enhance our follow up process, be more effective. But maybe that's not actually addressing the solution. Maybe we're just going to, or I'm sorry, addressing the actual problem. It's just solving a symptom and you might get a little bit of lift. So maybe it's the product. Maybe we don't have the right products for our members. That's why we're not getting those loans converted. So you've seen a lot of credit unions create solutions and draft checks. And they have immediately come to mind as, oh, we need to make it more convenient for our members to be able to close that loan. So let's turn around and let's give these draft checks so they can bring it to the dealership or they can write, you know, sign the name and it's done. It'll fix that problem. Well, but it adds other problems down the line. And it's not always, you know, you know, rainbows and unicorns with the auto drafts As anyone who's implemented them will know. So there's a people solution to getting more loans, a product solution. Uh, But there's probably a process solution too. Um, If your credit score average credit score is over 750 and you have a pretty strong or a low loan to value. And you know, let's say most of your loans are coming from repeat members or certainly repeat people with auto loans, but you're asking for proof of income on every single loan. That's probably frustrating. So that process is, oh yeah, I'm sorry, member of 30 years with direct deposit that comes into your account when this is your fourth loan and you have a 780 credit score, I need proof of income. I don't know about you, but that's just one more step. It made it more difficult for that member to close that loan. So there's a process solution. Now, I don't know for your credit union or another credit union what that solution is. Mm-hmm. I think I've went into the rabbit hole here, but it says that there's a lot of solutions out there for a lot of different problems. But if you don't address the problem, you're not going to really solve it.
1: Yeah, I think. The the problem is important to understand. I think it's also important to understand who your member is. Can you talk to that point? Um, if I'm going to innovate in different areas, how important is my demographic? How important is my average member, and how does that play into my innovation? Yeah, and
0: <clears throat> anytime you look at an average, you're going to get outliers. So I would I would say one of two things: one, don't look at the average member look at the average ideal member, right? And it's hard to say because we want to help everyone. But in the cooperative, there's a lot of members of the cooperative that are actually pulling down the cooperative. And we do you want to add a bunch of members that are doing that? It's hard to say, I don't. Um, they're not in it to win it. Like, hey, I, I maybe I don't want you. Uh, it's hard to say, but uh, that's the truth of how I, at least how I feel. Um, but to go back to that question of, It's important to segment them as well. So every member is not the same and they go through different lifestyles and and changes in their life. So segmenting it into five or six different key segments and starting to find the average there is probably a better approach, my experience, than it is just looking at the entire membership as a whole.
1: Talk to George Hoffheimer about um having the title of innovation director or chief innovation officer and how that's usually married up with strategy. Um, but for those instances where it's not, um, yeah, I, I personally have talked to several who have that new title. It's a definitely, definitely a new thing. Uh, if if you were just made the chief innovation officer for a credit yen, what would be some of the things that you would do right off the bat to um to help you be successful in that role?
0: Probably talk to my boss and uh, see what it takes to get a gold star, right? Uh, What are, so aligned expectations? Um, That would probably be my first, but that's not the answer you're looking for. Um, Making sure that the CEO from the top down has clearly communicated the expectations of this person or this area throughout. And you need the support from from the top down because anytime there's change, there's going to be reaction and it won't always be positive so to have the communication and support from the top down will help implement some of those changes that don't necessarily feel great um, but also building teams of influencers around you i've i'll say i've I've made poor decisions in the past by trying to push out new changes without talking to those influencers and getting them on my team ahead of time to share some of why I see this could be a potential solution, but also hear and listen to them. They have other insights that will play into it. By by helping build a team of influencers around your organization, it's a lot easier, uh, less, less heavy lifting and more likelihood
1: to, to see success on any changes when you have a team around you. How important is subject matter experts in this topic of innovation since there's no expert in a brand new technology? How do you get someone who's wired for innovation? How do you how do you identify that in the organization? So let's say you're a CEO listening to the podcast. Maybe you're thinking about creating this, this position. How do you identify that somebody is a subject matter expert in thinking about things that maybe don't exist today?
0: Yeah. So there's always the ability to communicate across different areas. So I think someone having some strong communication to be able to build relationships with different departments because they're the actual subject matter experts, they being those departments and the employees who interact with other team members or, or other members for that matter. And so one of the things that I think is really important to that regard is Ensuring that there's just a a person in that position has to to be agile and, and move around the organization and blend in, but also stand out when they don't need to. I like
1: it. I like it. So um, if I'm listening to the podcast and I aspire to be a chief innovation officer in the future, uh, what are some things that I can integrate into my day today? Say I'm a branch manager. What can I do today to be more innovative tomorrow?
0: Innovate well. I. Understand what innovation means. Um, to me, it's it's a very subjective definition. Innovation does not, in my opinion, need to be revolutionary. It could be as simple as an innovation of, we go to that printer 30 times a day to pick up a check, but we have to walk across the branch to get to that printer. Can we move the printer closer to us? Well, let's try it. Why not? And having something like that as a definition versus, oh, it has to involve every member. It has to include technology and it has to be revolutionary. Well, those never get off the ground uh, as often and don't make as much of an impact. Again, my opinion, uh, there's some of those little wins over time.
1: Yeah. A lot of those people don't get credit until others are dead. And yeah, we can't afford, uh, that, that idea, uh, cause we'll, we'll be, we'll be long gone before it actually gets implementation. Well, thank you for, so much for talking about this uh, topic. I know it's a passion of yours. Any final comments on the topic of innovation?
0: Encourage different thinking. And uh, it's easy to say, but I, I say it with my children. Um, uh, Looking at them and saying, "Hey, they come home late one, you know, one afternoon. Am I cracking down on them for being late that one time when they're on time a hundred percent or ninety nine percent of the time? If I am, that's on me. They made one mistake and they came home late, but yet I didn't recognize the ninety nine times that they did it right. So with this innovation and there's going to be mistakes, and that's okay. Don't." don't don't go out there and recognize in a negative way the mistakes without highlighting the positive impact that that things have had don't immediately go to that otherwise you're going to get people that don't want to suggest anything because they're afraid to get burned on the stove so why would they do it again if they know what's going to happen
1: so encourage the encourage failure how about that it's, it's okay to fail. It's not okay to surrender. That's one of my uh, favorite quotes for, uh, for Mr. Mister Taylor Murray. Thanks again for being on the podcast today. If you're interested in more things that we're doing in our kitchen, uh, check out the website, servicestarconsulting.com. It's got a lot of new things loaded up from our CEO and staff here at Servicestar Consulting. Thanks again for listening to the Credit Union Leadership Podcast. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Credit Union Leadership Podcast.